This is episode 32, Suffering in Silence. Hi, welcome to Beyond the Walls podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Ramika. And I'm Kylie. And yes, we're sisters. We're going to share stories about our life and growing up together and some personal walls we've overcome. We hope you laugh a lot. You honestly might cry a little. But our hope is that maybe you'll be inspired to go beyond the walls in your way too. So grab your coffee or tea and come on in. So when I was moving into the house that I live in now, of course, Kylie did show up for me. She made it and she was there for the process. And so there were really like two days that the first day I was just signing all the paperwork to close on the house. I got the keys, but the gas wasn't on yet. And so I decided to go back to Kylie's with her. We spent the night or I spent the night at her house. And then the next day, both of us drove out to start moving in. I had movers lined up, but they weren't set to come until the end of the day. I had the Wi-Fi people coming to set up the connection and just all of those things that needed to get done. I needed to run like several errands to get those last minute things. And so it was really helpful to have Kylie there because I could just run in and out all day and she could be there for the windows that the service people were supposed to get there. And then, of course, I didn't have to move in with two men by myself, which was super helpful, too. And I still hadn't eaten yet. I hadn't made my bed. I didn't have furniture, like, for the majority of the day. And so Kylie actually brought a a little folding chair, and she was sitting on a chair in my living room. I had no curtains, Mm -hmm. so the lights were on. It felt like you were in a fishbowl. You know, it it gets to about, like, 9 o'clock at night, and... You know, like I'm at the point where I'm just like not quite ready to to let her go yet. <laughs> I was just like really nervous about sleeping there for the first night and I wasn't settled in my room yet and I didn't have curtains. So I was like to make my bed and it be dark out and everybody can see it. Like I just felt like unsettled yeah. still like a little bit. <laughs> Plus, so, it's scary, right? Being it single. This is your first time not being in an apartment, like legit, yeah. like on your own in your own space. Yeah. All by yourself. And an hour away from you guys. Yeah. Too, like so I was not in that mindset at this time. <laughs> she was not. She was uh, in the mindset of she had been there all day and it was late and she had an hour drive back. And, and so, I'm not a night person, y'all. I inherited the nine o'clock drop from my mom. <laughs> like after nine, I'm out. So I was driving back home and I was just like, oh, it's a good thing she's still there. You know, like we can just get settled and I can work all these things out. Well, I opened the door, come in and Kylie is pretty much on her way out. Like her bags are packed. Her chair is folded. Waiting for you to come in the door. She's been waiting for me to walk in and she's on her way out. And this one, like, I look like. Uh, like lost puppy like where are you going are you just leaving she's like it's nine I gotta go <laughs> she was done. gonna be all right yeah you're gonna be good you're, you're be fine. good right yeah you're good. I was like but my butt doesn't even make that <laughs> and she was like mm. you'll be okay you were upstairs I think you ran upstairs to do something and you were like do you think you can help me make the bed and I was like uh <laughs> yeah and i was like you know what never mind it was like okay i love you bye. 
it's so funny. It's so funny because it was so abrupt. It was just like an abrupt end. Like if my mom were here, she would be making sure my bed is all made and yeah. fluffed. And That's your big sister, not your mama. She would be, she would probably even spend the night there with me. Probably, you know? yes. But she was like, she would have never left you. I think you said your parents will be here in 48 hours. <laughs> Because they were coming in. <laughs> and I was like, but what does that mean for right now? And so anyway, I can't If stop you're old me. enough to buy a house, then no time like now. She's just like, your parents will be here in 48 hours. You'll be okay. That's true, because I was driving an hour away and I wasn't going to see you in the next 48 yeah, you hours. Coming back so I was either. like, yeah. you're good. <laughs> Our abrupt ends to no's oh or our yeses, like hers clearly ran out. I remember thinking, even in that moment, I was like, she's for real. Like, she's for real leaving me here, you know? <laughs> and she was. She drove herself out. I kept looking out the window, like, just waiting Aww. for her to stop. And she <laughs> she was gone, y'all. I, I did not look back. We even joke about it today. Like if we have, if we've said yes to something, but we definitely have an abrupt end. Like we don't have that flex window to be able to stay even five minutes later. Now we just mock and joke back and forth. We're like, it's nine o'clock. I got to go. Well, and I think too, because it was a couple, several months in, maybe one of our episodes had triggered it because we didn't laugh in the moment about it. Like there was nothing funny. We never talked about it. There was no like upset. Yeah. I just was out and I don't you did whatever you needed to do to survive those 48 hours and you did great and I went home and slept great and it was all good but then all of a sudden you relived the story with me and that's when we died like did not even realize like how abrupt I had been in that moment like that was not on my radar at all I was just simply in the zone of like I gotta I gotta power drive home I gotta go home Mm-hmm. Like, because listening to it now, I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, I could have helped, like, just at least make the bed. Like, I could have pushed through one more. But in the moment she in my mindset, done. I was like, I just, I can't do one more. I would have probably been like bitter at that. But like, no, I don't know that I was bitter at that point. Mm-hmm. But I think it was really clear that moment of like, I just, I'm really, I'm spent. I, I've given all that I have. I can't, I don't have any more in me. Yeah. Yeah, that was clear. It was clear. <laughs> Crystal. <laughs> I think that's why we wanted to talk about saying yes, right? Because yeah. I think people talk about all the time saying no, and you can't talk about yes without acknowledging when it's okay for you to say no. Yeah. But when you're at the end of your yes, how do you know that you're at the end of your yes? Is there a way to say yes graciously, like from beginning to end and not have such an abrupt end to your yes? Or if there has to be an abrupt end, you know, is that some, like, is it a place that people can revisit without the people you did say yes to feeling embittered or you even feeling bitter by having to extend your yes, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. I think even talking about it right now, it makes me think of our previous episode. If you guys listen to it, um, we talked about being able to distinguish between the content and tact, mm. right? Because there is a big difference. And I think we, we miss that sometimes because we don't know how to say it 
in a way that we feel like it's going to be interpreted loving. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll really help us have freedom to be able to pause and think like, what do I want my answer to be? Can I say yes or do I need to say no? And then we can address how do I say it? And I think that's something that has really helped me because I do love to serve. Like I love to be able to say yes as much as I can. But I have to be really careful because I'm such, like I'm so prone to getting bitter and resentful. I am very sensitive to my own, like I don't want it to become that. Like Mm. I don't want to be giving, 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 and then I'm mad about it. Mm. And it usually shows up for me when I'm, like later on when I'm not feeling appreciated or, you know, like just something happens, but it's, so the more I become aware of it after the resentment happens, like that's been my process is to just clean it up faster and faster to recognize so that I don't Mm. tip over into that. Yeah. And so what does help me now is that if I'm just not sure, like then I go bring the emotions, like the feelings about it to whoever it is that's asking me for my needs, Mm. right? Like it does help me to find out like, well, what exactly is the need? Is there another way? And I can be reassuring of like, I really want to be there for you. Mm. I really wish I could, I can't. Is there, you know, like, is there anything else I can do or I can help you later or we can, you know, there is another way but that's kind of the tact. Like, I don't, I have to be okay with what my answer is going to be yes or no. Then I can deal with the tact of how am I going to say it in the most loving way? Mm-hmm. And then allowing the person who I'm speaking to the freedom to respond well or not. Yeah. And most of the time they're going to respond well. So in it, but I have to be secure enough in what my answer is going to be that even if they don't, then we can still hopefully deal with it and recover. You know, so even in that moment and in the story in the beginning, like I wasn't thinking in that way. Now, neither one of us, I don't think, had the words. We both were probably too exhausted to even have the words. Like looking back, we can see like, oh man, like surely I could have just (laughs) one more thing, you know? And I would have really needed the appeal of the emotion, right? Like for Mm -hmm. my personality, I would have needed to know like this really means a lot to me. Like I'm scared. I'm afraid. Like what would you need to like win me over to have a good reason to stay? And so, but it shows up in other areas, you know? And so being able to really know why you need to say no and if it's okay to say yes. Um, And I think that another area that I get stuck in too is when I do say yes to too many things and then I have to go back. Like what would be harder to say no in the first place or to say yes to too many things and then to have to go back and say, no, I can't anymore. Mm. You know, cause I'm sure, especially you guys listening that are yes people, you probably get into that boat often, mm. you know, we're now we're overextended and then we can get burned out and embittered and tired. It may not be directed at one specific person, but we're just overwhelmed in life because we've overextended ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're not actually going to be upset about that last person that just asked us to do something. Like if we broke down each of our yeses, we could probably still feel great about each one of those yeses. But now we've just had too many and we're spread too thin. Yeah. And I think that's another avenue that we have to just know what it is that we're involved in first before we agree to do something. You know, and I think you bring up a great point too of even with the no's, like we have to be 
secure in the no's and it's hard to say no's. And then sometimes it's really easy to say no because we're scared or we're, we are just being flat out selfish or we're just too distracted. We don't even know it to find a way. Like it just feels unreasonable. And we miss out on a lot of opportunities. Like mm -hmm. we could go do some really cool stuff if we chose to say yes. If we're naturally knowers, mm -hmm. maybe that's the space for you guys to start like pause first and think like, what would it be like if I said yes? What's possible if I said yes? Mm. And those that I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, people that say no immediately probably say no out of just like lack of vision of like possibility of things to go do, like to participate in adventure mm. kind of stuff. Like they don't know the other options. Yeah. Like almost like they've got like tunnel vision and like, I already just know what I have to do and this is all I can handle. Mm. You know, like to be able to take the moment to pause to look out. And those that always want to say yes, although they love to be with people, because I do love that. Like I would be a guesser. Mm. But then those that have a hard time saying no, they don't say no out of fear. You know, like they also then are just kind of like, I, the only option I can do is say yes. Yeah. And so how can we become people that can say either, depending on the situation? The power of the pause. I feel like if I would have paused before communicating a yes or a no in different areas of my life, yeah. that would have saved me a lot of conflict resolution kind of conversations. I'm thinking in particular about a situation that actually is one of my estranged relationships today. Mm. But it came about because it all started, I was going to have them come visit. We live in different states and I had just moved to Texas. And so I really wanted to spend quality time with this person. And so I bought their plane ticket to mm. come spend like a long weekend. Yeah. And it was going to be great. I had also moved into a two bedroom apartment. So I had a bedroom for them and it was going to be comfortable. Like we would have our separate spaces, which would have been new for me because I had only had like apartments with roommates and no extra room for people. Yeah. So I was really excited to host this time around. And you could definitely tell even in our conversation leading up to getting them out here. Um, but what was supposed to be a long weekend, just catching up with this person turned into them asking if they could stay with me and move in. And so they decided their plan that they could communicate at the time was I'll just get on the plane and then I'll come. We can still hang out. And after the long weekend kind of catch up, I can start looking for jobs and, hmm. you know, figure out the situation. I immediately, because I didn't take a pause, just said yes. Like hmm. they came to me in high stress. Like it was a separate conversation from our initial one about them coming to visit. Yeah. And they called back maybe like a day or two later and said, this happened. And so I'm out of a place to stay. I don't know what to do. I'm feeling hmm. stressed. I'm already planning to come to your place. And like, it was going to be like a week and a half or two weeks later. Um, was the flight and so can I come you know live mm. with you basically and I just felt on the spot because this is a relationship that I really do care about 
And I am very sensitive to wanting to be there. You know, like I feel like this person in the grand scheme of things hasn't asked me for much, Mm -hmm. you know? And so this was like one area I could come through for them. Yeah. And I felt conflicted because there was like, there's a lot of things to consider before you move anywhere. Like even if you're making a local move, it's a big deal to move. It's expensive to move. There's a lot of moving parts that you have to think through. And this would have been like a cross country move for this person within a two week time span and very little thought because they needed out of their current living situation. Yeah. And so I said, yes. And like you said, like when you say yes, before you've paused, then that opens up a whole can of worms where you have to just like regroup. And now you're thinking through the implications of that. Yes. And in my situation, I was just like, I don't, what does that even mean? You know? So I said, yes, immediately we got off the phone. They're now like, okay, I'm good. I'm going to wipe my hands of the situation. I figured out my next move. And I'm left with all of these questions now because I gave them a premature yes. Like, Mm. what does that mean financially for me? Like, are you're not coming with money? So how long do you need me to front you? Like, how much do you typically spend on groceries? You know, like, how much is it going to cost to feed you? And um, you know, you're not coming with a car, you're flying here. So mm. I'm working a full-time job, albeit like remotely. But at the time, at the beginning of COVID, I didn't know if I was going to have to go like a hybrid situation and yeah. drive to the office part-time. And so I was also like, what does that mean for the car situation? And it's pretty much a full-time job applying for a full-time job. So you yeah. need me to drop you off at interviews at like the drop of a dime and person also has two kids that I completely just like spaced on because that's not my life right like I'm not constantly thinking in light of having kids I'm single and so I didn't even consider the kids and now I'm uh, now I am yeah like what does that mean for them and they were in the middle of a custody kind of situation too and so I'm just like this is a hot mess yeah and I can't feel confident about my yes until I understand the no's, right? Like, I just realized that I had bitten off way more than I could choose. So I did circle back with this person after, you know, getting some more advice, like quick advice, like, I think I made the wrong move. Like, how do I even tell this person no after saying yes prematurely now that I've considered all these things. So I went back to the person and I told them like, Hey, like, I am so sorry. Like I started off with an apology. I was very specific and targeted. Like I said, yes, really quickly because all of the emotions that followed, like, I really want you to know that I am here for you, but this is a yes that I don't know I that I can feel confident about. I don't think it's the most loving yes. Yeah. It puts a really tough situation at play for your kids. It like, and I wasn't even considering them with this decision. It took me a year and a half to two years to even like 
play out moving across the country. And then this is like a decision we're making for you in two weeks. And it wasn't even supposed to be like this. It completely shifts our dynamic. Like what's your game plan? Do you even know what this job market looks like? Are you trying to find out once you get here? All of these things that we hadn't figured out. And so I'm like tabling them on this conversation and this person completely shuts down Mm. because I had said yes. And now I'm going back. Like it didn't matter why you were saying no. Yeah. We're just. Exactly. And that's the hard part with saying yes Mm. prematurely. It's that the person just kind of locks in. It's harder to engage in those conversations where you can like negotiate exactly what you're talking about, what the yes is. Yeah. And that's also why. I wasn't ready to say yes, right? Because I don't know what I'm exactly agreeing to. And that is when you allow bitterness to creep in. There's this concept, if you guys um, have already heard this somewhere else, but it's on the concept of carrying each other's loads versus sharing a burden. Yeah. And this distinction is a really helpful one for me, especially as I have taken a lot. I've learned a lot from that situation. But what I was being asked to do is carry this person's load, right? Like no matter what, they're at a time in their life where they have two kids, they're in the middle of a custody battle, they're trying to move across the country uh, because they got involved in a housing situation that really wasn't stable or secure. And so everything shifted for them. And now they're asking me what their ask was, was to carry a load. Each one of us has a responsibility to carry our own loads, right? Like even me with my depression, right? Like my depression is a load that I'm going to have to carry, but a burden that might come about with my depression is maybe I am particularly feeling low one week or one month. Right. And so I reach out to my family or friends and say, Hey, like I'm really in a dark spot, you know, like I don't even know what I need help with, but I do know that I need help. Yeah. For that time being, that would be a burden, right? I can hear that and I can acknowledge that that is a burden, but it's it has a timestamp on it yeah. of saying like, hey, like this is something that I do have to deal with. It's part of my responsibility. But for this season of time, however long it is, I just need a little bit more support here. Yeah. Whereas asking somebody to carry your load is asking someone to take on responsibilities that really are 100% yours, right? Like they're going to have to carry you through the rest of your life. They have an indefinite or the time span of your lifespan. Yeah. And all of us have them. How are we going to work, you know, to be able to make ends meet? How are we going to provide for ourselves food, water, and shelter? Yeah. How are we going to, you know, be able to show up in this relationship or navigate having a coworker, you know, relationship, how do we parent? How do we act as siblings or, you know, a family member or how do we navigate friendships? Those are all loads that come with just living life. Yeah. And then each of us, those loads create burdens 
that yeah. have timestamps on them, right? Like maybe you go through a season where you lose your job. And so it is realistic that you need help. You might need a little bit more support, like with a couple months of groceries, or, you know, you might need yeah. some subsidized housing, or you have a burden that has a timestamp and you need a little bit more support. Yeah. But asking somebody to carry a load versus share a burden is a different ask. Yeah. We need to get really comfortable with identifying when somebody is asking us to carry a load and when somebody is asking us to carry a burden. And typically, the way to identify that is by asking very specific targeted questions to get down to the details of, okay, is this, does this have a time span or a time stamp mm. on it? Is this a particular area or are, is this person having me carry them their entire life on yeah. my shoulders and take on their entire life responsibilities? This happens with people who navigate this world with mental health, right? Like I'm one of those people. Yeah. Right. Am I asking somebody to be responsible for my happiness? Yeah. Be responsible for, you know, me showing up and getting up every day? Or am I asking somebody to just support me through a really hard season with my depression? Yeah. Do I have an addiction? You know, I, I don't currently have an addiction, but that could be possible, right? Like you could have a family member or a friend who has an addiction that might become a load. Yeah. Right. Like they're going to be addicts their entire life. But could they go through a, a season where they're not actively using, but there's a time span where it might be really difficult and they just need a little bit more support during that season? Yeah, that's possible. But you're not going to know until you ask specific targeted questions. Yeah. And I think that's what gets so blurry. I think even where we start to feel guilty or um, like it can be confusing of how can we say no and still be loving. Yeah. Right. But it really is unloving of us to take on other people's loads. Mm -hmm. Like we're robbing them. Like it's sabotage and it will destroy relationships. Like, I mean, there's moments, right? There is seasons and times. And I do love that distinction. Like it doesn't mean never, Yeah. but what's the end game? Is it for a moment in time or how are you going to take your load back? Mm -hmm. And how much of a load are you asking me to take on? Mm -hmm. And I think that makes it even I think for you guys as listeners, I think it kind of is is a, one of those things too that stops people from asking help because they're confused also on what's a load and a burden. Yeah. And it feels like they're all loads and so you can never ask for help, mm, right? But we also have to be comfortable with letting people in sharing our burdens. Mm. And I think of, um, you know, I think that's been really confusing in my marriage even because Lee's always worked out of the home and I've always been a stay at home mom up until the last three years, you know, where then I started taking on homeschooling and now we're doing this business. And so it's been a really confusing time this last year to really figure out like, okay, but that's been my job. Like my load has been managing the kids schedule and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize early on how much of not sharing my burden with Lee about it, mm. right? Like there's an emotional load that is okay because it's our children, yeah. right? Like, and so there's like these divvying up of 
responsibilities in our life. These are the tasks I willingly took on and these are the tasks he willingly took on. But how good have we been at sharing the emotional load about them both? Like it doesn't mean we we get to just completely ignore areas of our lives. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast and she used the word abdicating and I was like, I'd never heard of that before. But I was like, yes, like that is when like, okay, if you're in charge of the finances, then I am not responsible. Like I've given up complete responsibility over the finances then. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the space where bitterness grows, where then like one of us is feeling the weight of the full responsibility when it still is our lives. Yeah. How do we not abdicate? We're still responsible for meeting all of our needs, mm. but we can have the opportunity to share the load yeah. with each other or share the burden. Sorry. Mm. And at the end of the day, like if I stopped doing my stuff and we're in a, in a household, like these things still have to get done. So that's a whole nother issue, right? Like if I just completely stop doing my load, then I've got to have consequences. Like it would be unreasonable for Lee to just take over my job and just let me sit on the couch and do nothing. Mm-hmm. That would be unloving to all of us, yeah. right? And so, but one of the things that was interesting that I, when I started to recognize this in myself, our daughter's going to be transitioning to another school and it was a, um, it's a charter school and there was a lottery. And so it just felt like I was carrying a lot of emotional anxiety of like, it felt like really high pressure. You're, you know, if you get pulled in, you're lucky, you know, she got in, but it just has felt like you make one wrong move and you're out because there's a hundred other people waiting to get into the school. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's very little communication coming in at this point. And I'm just in this panic because Lily's super excited to go. And I'm like, what if I miss a piece of paper? Like, what if I fail to follow something and I missed a communication and I missed an email and I didn't do what I needed to do. And then she doesn't get in. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I was like, why am I? I can, I can share that with Lee. And so when it was like, this is how I'm feeling. I'm so stressed out. And I was like, I just needed, I was like, I don't know why I'm just like carrying it all by myself because, because here's the lie, you guys, what I, the next step past that is me convincing myself that I was alone in this. That's really the problem is that one, I don't know whether my fear was rational or irrational, but the next step too far was saying, I'm the only one suffering. I'm the only one anxious here. And he just gets off scot-free with not a care in the world. Mm. I can't blame him for not supporting me or carrying my burden when he doesn't even know I have a burden he could be sharing. Mm. And I think that's where we really, that's where we sabotage ourselves and create bitterness in our relationships when we refuse or don't take the time to share the burdens. Mm. I wasn't asking Lee, and well, actually we could have, I could have had the conversation that was like, you know what, could you take over making sure she gets completely enrolled in the school? Like mm-hmm. that's an ask we could have. And then that's a conversation we can have going back and forth and negotiating like, well, who has time and who's the best fitted and all of the things. But I was able to recognize for myself in that specific scenario, like I just needed to not share that emotional burden by myself. Cause my worst fear was that, I had been holding on to it. You know, I would have held on to it all summer. And then if she, worst case scenario, she doesn't get in in August and then it's new information to them. But I've been holding this fear of a possibility this whole time. Mm. And then they're going to be mad at me in August. Yeah. And so being able to share it now, like, why am I holding on to that all by myself? Like I need his, I need the sounding board to be like, am I just irrational or is this realistic? 
And so he's like, I mean, it could be possible, but now at least we both know it's possible. Mm -hmm. And so we better be diligent about making sure, like, we're going to do our very best. He trusts that I'm going to do my very best to not let that happen. And if that happens, like, then that happens. Mm. We'll deal with it then. Yeah. But I just, I'd like so much, I, I could let that burden completely go. It no longer was a burden. Yeah. Right. Just bringing it into the light and bringing somebody else into that with me, the burden was eliminated. And now I don't feel alone. I know that I'm not alone and it gets quicker and I can still go to him and say, Hey, oh my gosh, here's the latest good news. I got an email from them today. We're still in, you know, like whatever it is that we needed. That's what, what is actually the most loving thing to do? And how can we not be afraid to have that next conversation instead of us deciding all by ourselves, what other people are willing or not willing to do? I don't get to decide that for you. Mm-hmm. How do we just ask first and then deal with the repercussions afterwards? Yeah. And I think what is clear, even with the story you shared, is if you're uncomfortable asking for help, then that might be a key indicator of where to start if you also feel bitter with mm-hmm. other people or you tend to feel alone. Yeah, because what I found for myself, even just listening to you is I do the same thing. Mm. Like, after the fact, when I felt like I was really overwhelmed, and I felt like what I could have asked for help with would have been more of a load as opposed to sharing a burden. Mm. And so I didn't ask at all. And now it's after the fact. And that person that I would have gone to during that season of my life now asked me to help them carry Mm. one of their burdens or maybe they you know ask for a load kind of ask and I feel bitter you Mm. know like we're resentful or just like taken advantage of yeah is more how I can feel in my relationships and what I realized is sometimes when you don't even share like If your fear is, I'm not going to share it all out of fear of this being maybe a load ask because I don't know if it's a load ask or a burden ask, then don't make that decision for the other person. Yeah. Like be open to the other person saying, hey, here's what I could do. Or in what you shared, I can't, I don't have the capacity to take 100% of what your ask is on. But here's what I can. Here's the ways that I can show up for you. Yeah. Have them help you identify what the burden could be that they could provide support for you in. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things. There's many things that I've learned from Kylie, but one of the things when I first got here and I was moving, you know, I was looking at different apartments, but of course I'm not in the state yet. And so I can't go tour the apartments that I'm looking for. And so I asked Kylie a couple times if she could go check them out and I GPS them. So I knew that they were like right around the corner from her, mm-hmm. but there were a couple that were like on the outskirts of somewhere else. And I didn't, I wasn't familiar with the area. And so I just decided I wasn't going to ask her because yeah. that would be too much. You already ask. asked me twice. So yeah. I think you're, that was like your limit. You're like, I'm not going to ask her for anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not going to just have her run around town for me. And this is my issue. Right. Mm. Again, a situation where I'm not quite sure if my ask is a load or a burden. And so I'm not going to ask at all. Yeah. And so I have this conversation with Kylie finally, because I think actually I just got quiet. Like I used to be like cluing you in on where I was looking and kind of the apartments. 
And yeah, I was like, where am I going next? Where yeah. am I going next? <laughs> she reached out to me. I was like, nowhere. Like, I'm all good. She's like, so you found the apartment or you put a deposit on? I was like, no, I'm still looking. It's just like, well, where am I going? Yeah. You know? And I was like, no, that's just too much. Like, I can't ask you to go do that. She's like, you let me decide. Yeah. Like, you don't get to tell me what I am able to do and how and what I'm not able to do or how yeah. I can help you and how I can't help you. Like, let me decide yeah and that was like a pivotal moment for me because I realized I do that mm. all over I started practicing on her of course because she's <laughs> been the safest person for me to practice everything on <laughs> but like just I started practicing with her like oh I guess that's true like she has autonomy and she's an adult who also is able to be responsible for her yeses and her noes and yeah. have a conversation if she prematurely gave me a no or a yes too. So yeah. like I need to give her the opportunity to tell me no. Yeah. My fear in that is what does that no mean? Like the significance that you place on somebody's yes or their no might not be rationed accordingly. Mm. Right? Like some somebody telling me yes and agreeing to carry a load instead of a burden for me might feel good in the moment yeah and my the significance that i might attach to their yes is that oh this person is always going to be there for me they're dependable they're loyal they're my go-to person but their yes could have actually been the most unloving thing yeah for me yeah. Right. Like just because I like that they said yes to me and I love the fact that they did say yes to carrying a load, like it might not have been the most loving yes in the same way that the significance I can place sometimes on a no could be like, oh, well, I can't count on that person. That mm. person, you know, will never be able to come through for me. They're not dependable. They don't really care about me. Mm when their no might have been more loving than the yes I got from that next person. Yeah. And so it's really hard when you place undue significance or the wrong type of significance on a yes or a no. Yeah. They're there to help people in your life. Relationships all around the board are there to help share a burden, not carry a load. Yeah. And so just because they say yes or they said no doesn't have to mean anything yet. Yeah. Right? Like we still have to have a conversation to know what the significance of their yes or no was. Yeah. And it's not a one and done. Mm -hmm. Just because somebody you didn't like somebody's answer doesn't mean you can't ask again another time. Mm-hmm. And even if you did try to ask and it didn't go well, like just because people don't respond the way you wanted them to doesn't mean you shouldn't have asked. One of the hardest truths I've ever had to learn for myself is that if you choose not to figure out how to only say yes to sharing others' burdens and no to carrying their loads, then you will find yourself in codependent relationships. Mm. And... This is hard if you've already found, if you find yourself currently in codependent relationships, then the work that you'll need to do will have to involve renegotiating mm. what your current boundaries and terms are. Because 
they're not in a place where you're able to say yes to only the burdens. You're currently saying yes to loads for each other. It's a codependent relationship. And so you're going to have to do some work to figure out what the loads are even. Probably got blurred along the way. And so you'll have to reevaluate your relationships, figure out what the loads were, have new conversations about your new terms, and then give back the load. Yeah. And from here on out, just agree to the burdens. And it is the most uncomfortable process that I've ever had to go through. Yeah. Because they're awkward conversations. They're also really challenging. It feels like the other person is letting you down. It feels like you're letting the other person down because you're so used to a codependent cycle. Yeah. So you do, it'll take a lot of work, but I promise you it's intentional and it's worth it. Yeah. If you're on track to constantly saying yes to loads, but you're not yet in any codependent relationships, my let this episode be a warning that you are headed in that direction. Yeah. One day you're going to look up and you're going to feel both exhausted by your relationships and your relationships will likely also feel exhausted by their yeses to you. Yeah. And it's a painful realization. So if I can be of any encouragement, if Kylie and I have shared anything with you, It's to go through your relationships and really be sober-minded about when you said yes and what specifically you said yes to. Be really clear if this is a load or if it's a burden. And if it's a load, give it back. Give it back or ask for it back. Like you do that for yourself. It's the only way I have found to really experience true freedom in my relationships. Yeah. I've had to lose a really long term friendship because of it. We couldn't figure it out soon enough. I've learned a lot because of it, but a lot in my, you know, my family upbringing as well was very codependent and it was the culture as well. Like, why wouldn't you say yes to doing that for this relationship? Yeah. And so it almost seemed counterintuitive or unreasonable for me to say no. And it really does look unloving on the outside looking in. But I promise you, if you want to have a relationship with longevity and healthy and it not feel burdensome, then that's going to require you to only say yes to burdens that you can confidently and securely say yes to taking on yeah, and saying no to carrying loads. Yeah. And you don't have to do it alone. We are here for you as experts in this area <laughs> to be able to come alongside you. You can do it by yourself. But why when you don't have to? It's a way. It is a way. It's not the only way. But imagine if you had someone in your corner that could help you. And Romika and I are here for you. Sign up for our newsletter on our website. And you can get more information on our coaching there as well. (laughs) 
Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to work with you. If you're looking for additional coaching from us, you can log on to our website at beyondthewallspodcast.com and look at our membership for more information. Until next time. Bye.